Hail you nostalgic princes. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. Nick, when I'm no longer a novice, do I get, like, you know, like, when you get, like, your master's and your doctorate, you yeah. get, like, the fun hat and the fun robes to yeah. wear? Do I yeah. also get something like that? You will. You'll get, like, a, a hanging shawl, like a drapery kind of thing to go over. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. It's actually pretty prestigious, so. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This Endorian Life, previously on X-Men, and 90s Music Got Me Like. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 6, Episode 28, The Big Hurt. More like The Big Sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's crack open the condor. Condor is committed to professional standards, professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired on May 1st, 1996. No birthdays, but we do have one death to mention. On May 3rd, Golden Globe and Tony Award-nominated actor Jack Weston passed away. He had a long history in film and television, most notably in films like Cactus Flower, Please Don't Eat the Daisies, and Wait Until Dark. Pretty solid. I've heard of Wait Until Dark. I have Wait not heard of dark. those other two. Yeah, uh, I've, uh, I've read all three of those plays, if that helps. You do like yeah. to read plays. I do. You're right. And you're like, should I do it? And then you're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Movies. All of these came out on... May 3rd, Barb Wire with Pamela Anderson. Yeah. It's the most Pamela Anderson title I've ever heard. True. The Craft, starring Nev Campbell. Yeah. And The Paul Bearer with David Schwimmer and Gwyneth Paltrow, written oh and directed gosh. by Matt Reeves. This, this brings up childhood trauma. So I was like, I guess, 13 when this came out. So not childhood necessarily. But for some reason, I watched this with my friend Rochelle and her grandparents. And the mm. plot of this movie is that a kid dies, or he's not a kid, he's an adult, dies. And his mother like goes through the yearbook and calls these people who were supposedly his friends. And David Schwimmer is like, oh, you were his best friend. And David Schwimmer does not remember him. But it puts him, like, if he pretends to remember him, he'll get to hang out with his high school crush, which was Gwyneth Paltrow. So over the course of this movie, he ends up having a sexual relationship with the dead guy's mom while trying to woo Gwyneth Paltrow. And it is the most uncomfortable movie to watch with your friend, who's a girl, and her elderly grandparents. So did Dear Evan Hansen steal the plot of this movie then? Oh. That is that is the plot of Dear Evan Hansen. Pretty I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen. Also kind of the plot of the movie Vengeance with uh, BJ Novak that just huh. came out. Okay. I think the most uncomfortable movie watching experience I ever had was when I watched Tropic Thunder with my parents. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was, uh, they were, I mean, they thought it was hilarious, but my brother and I were just like, this is uncomfortable. That doesn't sound good to me at all, no. Yeah. My husband is probably yelling at his radio right now because he would probably say the most uncomfortable was when we saw Gone Girl with my mom. 
Um, I don't being uncomfortable, but apparently he found it uncomfortable. It's pretty so. sexual. It's it pretty is. Sexual, it right? is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. TV, May 4th, the NBC drama Sisters ended mm. its sixth season run. Yeah. Uh, starred Celia Ward and Swoozy Kurtz. I don't think that I've ever watched an episode of Sisters, but man, do I remember this. All the previews and all the swoozy Kurtz of it all, but I don't think I actually saw it. Swoozy Kurtz of it all. Yeah. <laughs> and on May 6th, the Backstreet Boys released their debut album in Germany, where it would go platinum. Many tracks for the album would be used for their U.S. debut the following year. This is news to me. I did not realize that the Backstreet Boys had international fame before they had a U.S. hit. That's weird. I believe we talked about this on my other podcast. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It got me like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm still, almost uh, positive we did. So uh, Backstreet Boys in a little bit of hot water right now. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't. Yeah, Nick Carter is being accused of oh, uh, really bad things. So they were that. supposed to have a Halloween or a holiday special, and I was super pumped for it, and it has been pulled. Not gonna from, happen now from things. Uh, so okay, yep. All right, all right. Video games. May first, popular video game site Gamespot.com went live. It's still active at time of recording. So that's probably another thing your husband's screaming at his podcast app about. He seems like somebody who would have. <laughs> religiously checked gamespot.com probably yeah probably okay. is this is this where the the video game the the spot dot game came from or was that something totally different like you know cool, what i'm talking like yeah cool spot, cool spot. Yeah. no 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 cool spot is the seven up oh right that's the glasses right. oh my gosh yeah. that is the best sega genesis game that exists prove me wrong i'm the guy i'm the man or the guy at the table prove me wrong <laughs> All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Matt Lanter, who starred as Liam Court in the CW years. So, Kendra, you don't know who that character is. No idea. You don't, you don't know who Liam is at all. Maybe no he's nice. idea. Maybe he's bad. Maybe he's murdered horribly. You don't know. I'm going to say he's nice. You're going to say he's nice. <laughs> that's <Okay>. my <laughs> That's right. my prediction. Well, you're either be proved foolish or prescient, so we'll see. Uh, he's had an active career as a voice actor. So, most notably, he's Anakin Skywalker in The Clone Wars, which we've talked about in the past. What we have not talked about, though, is that he reprised his role of Anakin Skywalker in 2020 for the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which, guess what, Kendra, is the Christmas episode of This Endorian Life this year. Oh, it yeah. all comes together. So pop over there and listen. Steve and I and our old friend Jesse talk about uh, the Lego Holiday Special, and it's a lot more fun than the regular Star Wars Holiday Special, I'll tell you that. And that's all you can ask for, really. Yeah. All right, well, let's look at our synopsis for The Big Hurt. I almost said The Big Sleep. It's not. It's The Big Hurt. Yeah. The Power Man 5000 video that David and Donna made opened the door for them to make more videos together, but Joe's not on board with that plan. Meanwhile, the judge rejects the DA's plum plea deal, and Colin faces two years in jail. Steve and Claire meet an old Arnold family friend, Prince Carl. And finally, things with Kelly and Tara reach a crescendo when Tara abducts Kelly in a twisted murder-suicide plot, <laughs> which we all knew was coming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so intense. All right. Who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was written by Old Hat Larry Mullen and directed by Frank Thackeray. So that was a name I didn't recognize, so I looked him up. 
This is the first of three episodes of 90210 that he would direct. And he also did episodes of Jake and the Fat Man, Diagnosis Murder, and Matlock. But the overwhelming majority of his filmography is as a cinematographer. Hmm. But he, yeah, 90210 is one of the shows that he crossed over into the directing field for. We have some recurring players here. So Nicholas Pryor is back as Chancellor Arnold, and it's been a minute. I don't remember the last time we saw him, but it's been was the last episode the one where he went on a date with With uh, l yeah i think you're right i think you're right (laughs) well he's back he's back this is a weird one so michael wilson is here as eric budman and he first appeared in season one episode nine the gentle art of listening and i don't really that's the one with the teen line where like brenda gets drafted Mm -hmm. into helping and everything and he is credited as Eric Budman in that and in these later episodes. I checked multiple sources and they all say that. So I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on that, see if that comes up. But he, anyway, he also appeared in Sliders and Growing Pains. And regardless, this actor is returning after having not been in the show since season one. And we'll see him a few more times. We have Kevin Scannell back as Crane. This is the final appearance of Paige Moss as Tara Marks. Final of seven episodes we had Tara in. Sad to see her go, Kendra. Uh, no, not at okay. all. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, the last time we'll see Power Man 5000 in 90210. So, so well, long. that I am very sad about. <laughs> so long. We have Nick Karazis as Prince Carl. And he's what? The Prince of Delaware? What is this guy? I know they were like, he's from Europe. But yeah. he's just, I mean, it's just an a American he's accent. It's a straight so. up American accent. And his name is Carl. I don't understand. Carl, I guess. I don't know. If you say Carl with a British accent, it sounds That's true. fine. That's true. Maybe a little, maybe Germany, you could say. But yeah, sure. this is the most American person ever. And I guess the second head of state friends that Chancellor Arnold has had on the show. So whatever. Yeah, hopefully this one is less controversial. Than I hope it one. is. I hope it is. He's best known for playing Antonio Flores on Sunset Beach, but he also recurred on Charmed. <gasps> Charmed. We watched an episode of Charmed. We have Tom Urich as Chet Winslow. He was on shows like Kate and Allie, Jag, and The Practice. We have Michelle Bynum as Steiner, who also appeared on ER and Charmed. We have Yvonne Evans as Gretchen Marks. So that would be Tara's mom. Uh, the only time we see her, but she was also on Suddenly Susan and Silk Stockings. Finally, we have Don Stewart as Judge Hanlon. And this was kind of fun. I looked him up. He is a, a child actor from the 40s. He did a trio of Westerns in the 40s called Where Trails End, Wild Horse Stampede, and Arizona Whirlwind. And then kind of came back later on and did things throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. His most prominent role was as Eric Bauer on Guiding Light. And his final credit was in 2001 in an episode of JAG. That's not how you say JAG. JAG! <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the episode, episode 28, The Big Hurt. That's right. Okay, you're going to have to fill us in on what happens here first, because where I watched it, it kind of brought brought me in a little bit late. Okay, well, it sort of seems like all is forgiven with Tara, because you remember at the last episode, Kelly's like, how could you do this? Get my same haircut. But everything's just like peachy, and Tara's got her camera set up, which apparently was nothing. Like, we never, the camera never pays off in any way. So I don't understand why we threaded this needle, but whatever. Tara's got her camera set up on a tripod and she's like, I want a group picture of everybody. And so Claire and Donna are like, okay, fine. So they do that and uh, they take the picture and it's a nice, happy moment. And then as they're leaving, you know, Claire's kind of like, so I guess she's okay with moving out and everything. And Kelly's like, yeah, I guess so. 
you know, everything's been fine ever since that hair fiasco. And then Kelly kind of pops back in the room and is like, Tara, I forgot to feed my fish. Can you feed them fish, fish food? There's a, just a tiny little, just a speck of food from the, uh, from the fish food jar on the shelf. Just a tiny little bit of food. Thanks. Love you. And then they leave. So Tara then goes to feed the fish and she has, does she have another bottle of fish food that she like uses to replace, like, you know, like yeah. when you drink your parents' alcohol and you fill it up with water so that it, they can't tell. Yeah. So she, it's such an awkward moment because they really want us to know that she has alternate fish food, but she grabs Kelly's fish food off the shelves and looks at it and is like, uh, 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 and then she opens her purse and it's another thing of fish food. Like, it's not like arsenic or something. It's tetramen fish food. But she pours the whole bottle in. Yeah. And while she's pouring the whole bottle in, there's a voiceover of Kelly being like, Just a dash, Tara. I feel like if you wanted to kill the fish without Kelly knowing that you killed the fish. Yeah. I They're like, put something in the water that's clear. That yeah. they would put salt in the... I mean, right. I yeah. do not condone killing fish. No. I'm just saying, once Kelly realizes what happens to the fish, it's very clear right. what happens. Why? Yeah, yeah. Take any household cleaner and pour... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to tell you how to kill fish, but, like, anything will do. You, yeah. don't, you don't have to go to the store and buy a separate bottle of fish food that is not for this type of fish and then overfeed them. That's madness. Which I guess... Well... It goes, it goes with, with hand in hand, I guess. Yeah. Tara's madness. Yeah. <laughs> After the intro, we go to the courthouse where Colin and Val are waiting for his lawyer who is meeting with the DA to come out and tell him what deal, if he was able to strike any deal. Yeah. Now to this point, what was on the table? How many years in prison? Like five years or something? No, I think two was always the one that we was were going to Was it two? Okay. It was always two. two. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Because I remember it being like, that's that's like not yeah, two, maybe, a maybe lot they of said, time. Maybe they said three at one point, but that's the ballpark we're talking okay. about. So the his lawyer comes back out and says, great news. The DA not only likes you, he likes artists. So that's why he's so willing to work with us. Mm -hmm. um, and he is going to recommend to the judge that you serve six months. And you do it in a halfway house. Yeah. Not in prison. Right. Of course, Cal Colin and Val are ecstatic. Over the this. moon. Over and, the moon. Yes. So they're going to come back the next day and go before the judge for the sentencing. If I was Tiff, I would be pretty mad that Valerie at this point is just a supporting character for Colin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She, has, she does not have her own storyline. It's just being Colin's like... I don't know. Saturday and who Night Who cares Live about Colin? Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it either. I haven't liked any of it. So Colin says, you know, thank you, Valerie. This never would have happened if it weren't for you. And I'm going to pay you back. And she says, well, we're going shopping. We're going to get you a new suit. So you can add that to your tab. On campus, Steve is dressed in a suit. He looks very dapper mm -hmm. because he and Claire are going to Chancellor Arnold's house for a lunch with a foreign dignitary. <laughs> or so we're told. <laughs> right, right. Uh, his name is Prince Carl. 
I yeah. can't remember if they said where he's from. I don't think no, they, they did. didn't. They just vaguely made reference to Europe. They never were like of this specific country. But just like with the first time we did this storyline, doesn't it seem like the government would be involved in some way? Like if a head of state visits, like Prince William visited the U.S. recently in, at our time of recording, and like he wasn't just crashing on his friend's couch. Do you know what I mean? Like there yeah. was a whole procedure involved. Yeah. But Prince Carl seems to be able to just do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He's got no bodyguards. He's no. got no entourage of any kind. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So Claire's whole stance on this whole Prince Carl thing is, you know, I knew him when we were kids. He was super annoying then. I'm sure he's super annoying now. She's not even going to, like, dress up for lunch. She's just wearing, yeah. like, her jean jacket and her casual clothes. This is kind of a weird response to someone that you hadn't haven't seen since you were eight. Yeah, you know, it's been like, a while. Like, people change. Right. I think if it would have been, like, we were 14, then okay. But, like, an eight-year-old? I don't know. It's silly. <laughs> a lot of things in this episode are silly. That's how yeah. I would describe them. Yeah. At the Condor, Brandon tells Susan that his story will be in that afternoon. And Susan says, your friend is in the dark room. So he goes in the dark room. And at first, he thinks it's Kelly. And it really, like... In the darkness, she really, even from the front, looks yeah. exactly like Yeah, Jenny they Garth. do a good job. They do a good job. Yeah, so she's in there doing her pictures. And, you know, she, of course, it's they're all like pictures of Kelly, which is sure. super creepy. Yep. Tara is telling Brandon that Kelly is still in love with him. I don't know. I don't know why she's doing that. I don't understand either. I mean, I guess she's just off the rails. That's the answer for everything here. But... It's like her whole stuff has been like to isolate Kelly and have her all to herself. So why is she trying to like stir up things with Brandon? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Well, right after she tells Brandon this, she then tries to lean in and kiss Brandon. Yeah. And she doesn't get very close. Brandon is immediately like, whoa, what are you doing? Yep. And she said she just wanted to see what it was like to be Kelly. So she's full, full out there crazy yeah. now, not yeah. hiding it at all. So but, she, but, but why, why tell Brandon again, crazy. So that's the answer. But like, why tell Brandon that Kelly's still into him? Why not be like, Oh, you Kelly's moved on from you. You know what I mean? Like if she's trying to kiss it him. Would, yeah. It would make more sense for her to try and seduce Brandon right. for herself right. and keep Kelly out of it. If right. she wants to be Kelly. Yes. I don't know. It's weird. Yes. Yes. It's weird. Okay. So she tell asks Brandon not to say anything, and when he goes out to see Susan, he does not say anything. He's just like, she's crazy. Yeah. Stay away from her. Remember when Brandon gave up his whole future so he and Susan could go on a field trip? I do. Okay. They're gonna see the biggest ball of twine. Oh. And it's they're gonna have a real like cathartic experience, I think. Certainly nothing you could accomplish over a long weekend. You yeah. have to give up a life. The goal. entire do summer. It. Yeah. The entire summer and, and beyond. Yep. Yep. All right, they pull up to the, they, as in Stephen Clare, pull up to the Chancellor's house and see Prince Carl has a very nice Corvette, which immediately Steve is all about. True, vintage, it's vintage. And they go inside and meet Prince Carl, and he is super nice to both of them. Uh Doesn't seem like the annoying person that she made him out to be. And of course, he and Steve immediately bond over the Corvette. Yeah. Thing. He's got that he's got that floppy center part 90s hair that says, "Hey, I'm hot, but I'm approachable." 
Yeah. It's very Chandler, his <laughs> his hairstyle. Hey, I'm sorry. I don't want to have to do this, but could he be any more Chandler? <laughs> Apologies. No, I'll allow Apologies. it. I'll allow it. At the Walsh house, Brandon tries to call Kelly, but uh, ends up leaving a message. Crazy. Saying like, I know, why would you do that? Don't you do know that. Tara lives there. Remember, remember, gang, this is not the time where the voicemail is a thing you hear on your phone. This plays for everyone to hear, and everyone who's in your house can press play at any time. Bad move. Well, it doesn't really play out the way you think it will, but anyway. I know. He, he, basically, said, he basically says, Tara came by the dark room. I need to talk to you about... Like something happened and I need to talk to you kind of thing. Yeah. David and Donna are at the Walsh house and they are showing Joe and Susan and Brandon their final cut of the music video to get their reactions. All right. I am more convinced than ever that these are are scripts where they crossed out Ray and just wrote Joe in because Joe is not... Joe is not nice anymore. He's just like, I don't like this. You look like a tramp, basically. <laughs> yep. All it his is dialogue a, is Ray. It is very Ray reactions. I get Joe being like straight laced. Like that isn't that isn't surprising to me. But the way he talks to her yes. is it. Yes. I yeah. think given their whole thing of like, we are committed to staying virgins. We are committed to staying like sexually pure. This is a thing that we're doing together. And then him watching a video where she is literally making love to the camera <laughs> is, I understand why that would throw him, but he doesn't approach it from like meekness or hurt. He does it from like anger and judgment, which I think is very different from the character that we've set up. Mm-hmm. So I just don't, I agree. that I don't deal with. Yeah, so they watch the video, and it, I mean, yeah. to Joe's credit, it is a lot. It is a lot. A lot of, like, legs spread and, like, crazy angles, and, I, I mean, mean, it's a lot. <laughs> you're, you are in the business of watching 90s music videos in a way that I am not, but this seems more sexual than the average. It seemed, it seemed too sexy for this show. It like, did. I, I don't know. I was like, this was playing. There was a lot. There was a lot of ang- TV. There was a lot of angles. And I was like, boy, this is weird when your dad's the executive producer of the show. But okay. Uh, I did notice at one point, Donna does strike a match, which as you recall, yes. was, was her pitch for yes. the music video. So I made it in. Yep. Joe is looking uncomfortable the whole the whole time they're watching this. Yes. David and Donna end up going like in the foyer because they're like too nervous to watch everyone's reactions. So yeah. they just want to sit and let everyone watch. So after it's over, Brandon and Susan loved it. Susan loved that it's, you know, all the men are having to come to Donna for the for fire and Brandon said it, it looked great. It really doesn't establish, like, the idea of her being the last woman on Earth, the video doesn't establish that. No. It's just them playing in the peach pit, inner cut, with her, like, gyrating in a leather bikini on a car. Mm-hmm. It's not really, like, there's not storytelling <laughs> at play, is all I'm saying. <laughs> not that we see, anyway. No, we don't see it. <laughs> Joe is like, yeah, it was great. I want to go get some water. So Donna follows him into the kitchen, and She's like, why are you acting this way? Like, you're hurting my feelings. I worked really hard on this. And he says, you know, you really, what if this gets big 
And the world sees this. Like, do you want people to just look at you like a sex object? What if my family sees this? Aren't you embarrassed? It's just, it's, it is a very Ray response. It is 100%. You don't have to change anything to put Ray in this episode. Yeah. So just, just tearing Donna down, yeah. not letting her <laughs> express herself creatively or physically. <laughs> <laughs> Back at Kelly, Donna, Claire's, Kelly and Tara arrive home from their day. Kelly gets to the machine first, and she listens to the message by herself in her room. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But, like, the setup on that was perfect for Tara to, like, delete it while Melrose Place music plays. But it doesn't (laughs) happen. Nope. So as she's listening to the message, she looks over and sees that all of her fish are dead. And there is food... All in the, I mean, the food wouldn't dissolve right, <laughs> like that. Right, it would, I mean, right. there would still be food. Right. So she goes out and confronts Tara about it. So she's like, Tara, did you feed the fish? And Tara does, you know, her whole like, oh, yeah, I just a couple, couple of pellets <laughs> like you told me to. Flakes. Flakes. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, there's a meatball sub floating <laughs> at the top of the fishbowl. Are you sure, Tara? Because there's a lot of food in here. So yeah, she's like, there's food in the tank. And Tara says, go check the fish. Like, go check the fish food. Uh, it's, it would be full. Yeah. And Kelly, I don't, she doesn't know whether to believe her or not, but she says, listen, it's time for you to move out. Yeah, like, we're tomorrow, we're tomorrow yep. you're gone. Yep. And Tara, of course, is like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. At the Walsh house the next day, Valerie is off to court. And Brandon tells her that he thinks it was actually Tara that keyed her car. Right. Yeah. And Valerie says, uh, and I thought the apple didn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) Steve wants to cut class to hang out with Prince Carl. Prince Carl of America. (laughs) Which Claire is like, fine. Like, she doesn't really want to. She would rather go to class. But she is convinced. At David's dorm room. David is putting the finishing touches on editing the music video based on the feedback they got from letting the gang watch. And Donna's like, oh, well, I actually have a couple notes too. And all of her notes are cutting out her stuff and adding in more band stuff. So she is in the music video less. Yeah. And David sees right through it. He's like, these aren't your notes. These are Joe's notes. But Donna is like, I'm feeling exploited. I don't want to be a sex object in a music video. I want you to change it. Yeah. But David at first refuses. He does. How much of that do you think is true? Like, do you think she is having second thoughts? Or do you think it's just Joe? Or do you think Joe just made her feel guilty about it? Or do you think she genuinely is like, oh, that's a lot of skin I'm showing. The way I perceived it was how David perceives it. That she loved it and that she loved the way it looked until Joe said something, yeah. and now she's kind of just trying to Feeling make weird. it okay for Joe. Yeah. Right. Okay. David at first refuses to change it. He's like, no, I'm the director. This looks great. We're not changing it. But Donna says, do this for me or I will never work with you again. And so he's like, fine. I will do your changes. Which, weirdly considerate of David? Yeah. Well, I think he's trying to get back in Donna's good graces a little uh, bit. So okay, okay. Back at Kelly, Donna, Claire's. Kelly and Tara are 
you know, it's morning and Tara's going out to the beach and she's trying to get Kelly to come with her. But Kelly's just like, I just need you to leave me alone. <laughs> please go away. Yeah. And, and so she says, you know, I'll move out if you want. Just please keep being my friend. And Kelly's like, I'm your friend, but get out of it. Like, please go. <laughs> so on her way out, Tara runs into Brandon on the porch and is like, oh, Kelly's mad at me. Will you talk to her for me? And Brandon's like, sure. sure I couldn't I remember. I couldn't exactly remember how it played out. And I was thinking like, oh, is she going to like hit Brandon over the head or something and like go take Kelly or something? I was thinking it was more dramatic than it was, but no. Well, I don't understand why Brandon comes over at all. Because yeah. he like comes in and says, he's like, hey, are you fine? And Kelly's like, yeah, I'm just going to put her stuff in the car and tell her to leave. And then he's like, okay, bye. Like, I don't yeah. understand why he yeah. comes over at all. Yeah. Well, I think he was hesitant to leave the message, though he did. And then I think he was sensing danger. But I don't know why he just rolled over and was kind of like, oh, he cool. He doesn't okay. even tell her, like, hey, I was in the dark room with her yesterday. And it was, like, full. Right. Yeah. Crazy. But anyway, so after he leaves, Kelly grabs Tara's suitcase and decides to look inside. Uh-oh. And inside, she finds a bunch of letters from Tara's parents. Remember how her parents are supposed to hate her and she doesn't Don't even know her. where she they are? And, out. Yeah. Yep. Well, it turns out they love her and they let they keep giving her their address and their phone number. And they're like, please come home. They miss her. Yep. Liar, liar. Pants mm-hmm. on fire. Her pants are on fire. Then we go to the beach where... Steve and Carl and Claire are just hanging at the beach and they're talking about like maybe going into business together. And then they're pretending to throw Claire in the water and (laughs) they're just having such a good time. So Steve goes to get them some hot dogs and Carl and Claire have this moment alone where they're like, you know, bad as I thought you were going to be, you're all right in my Mm -hmm. book. And I'm sure that's all they'll think of each other. Probably. I don't sense a rivalry brewing. In court, Colin and Val and the lawyer are sitting, waiting for their turn to be in front of the judge. And Colin is is feeling nervous. It's a different DA than the one they met with. And the it's it doesn't seem to be going well for the other people that are ahead of him mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. this judge. So he is just very nervous about how it's going to go for him. Back at Kelly Donna Claire's, Tara comes home and Kelly confronts her about her parents. Not only that, Kelly called her parents. Oh, and yeah. they like are dying to to see Tara and to bring yeah. her home. Tara is very, very angry about this and says, you know, of all the things I did for you, you're so ungrateful. And then she starts listing it. I got rid of Greg for you. I talk to Brandon for you. I keyed Val's car for yep. you. And Kelly's like starting to realize like, wow, this yep. is, this is really, really bad. So Kelly tries to call the doctor. So Tara can talk to someone, but Tara pulls out the gun, which Kelly did not discover when she was going through the suitcase, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And she threatens to kill herself unless Uh, Unless Kelly does what she says. Yeah. And what she tells Kelly to do is they're going to get in the car and they're going to go for a drive. Yep. 
Kelly doesn't know where they're going, but Tara, Tara does. Yeah. Clever of Tara to use her, like to say she's going to kill herself. Not that she's going to kill Kelly. And it's like the manipulation of that, I feel like is just right for the relationship they have. Yes, I agree. Back in court, it's Colin's turn. He pleads guilty. And the DA recommends that he do six months in a halfway house. It's his first offense. And it it would be good for him to be around his friends and his family here. So this would be good. So everything they've discussed is, is what is presented. But the judge says no. He says that this guy <laughs> went on a high-speed chase through the streets of Los Angeles. He put tons of people in danger. He could have killed tons of people. And he's like, this is a thing that's happening more and more frequently. And we need to send a message with yes. his sentencing. I feel like that's where you get, like, whatever, a mistrial or you have, a, you have an opportunity to come back and be like, come on. Because the judge said, I'm going to use you as an example. You know what I mean? You're going to be the one who, I feel like that's maybe grounds for getting something overturned or whatever. Maybe, maybe. Well, he says he will spend a minimum two years in prison. In a federal penitentiary, which is, that's worst case scenario. It is. It is the worst case. Yep. Not. Again, I think it's fair (laughs) for the crimes he committed, but... But I understand why he's so upset. All right. Now, David and Donna are presenting their music video to this video exec. Maybe someone we've seen before. Maybe not. We don't know. We don't know. And apparently the way it it works is if Power Man 5000 gets picked up by a studio. Okay. And then the music video goes with them, then uh, they... David and Donna could like hit the big time. Like they could be making more and more music videos. Right. This could be their, their big break basically. Which is is just a little confusing because he's kind of acting like they, as the production have no say in who makes music videos. They're like, ah, it's their agent. I don't know. I don't know. I guess that would make sense if he was Power Man 5000's agent. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing is murky. Like how it how it came that David and Donna were doing this is murky. Their relationship with him, none of it really clearly makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, the only issue is it's it's missing something. And he says, you know, it it needs more Donna. Basically, right. it needs to be right. hot and sexy. And yeah, David's like, you know, I, we we have a lot more footage. Let me recut it, and I will bring it back to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Donna is at first upset with David for not just, you know, discussing that with her at all before he promised that. But David's like, we both know that he's right. Like the original cut was the best. And so Donna is now back on board. She's like, you know what? Let's do whatever we have to do. This is a big opportunity for us. Yep. Hera and Kelly make it to their destination, which is like a cliff overlook middle of nowhere pull off kind mm-hmm. of area. And Tara just wants to chill. She's just like, let's just chill. Let's just sit and look at the at the sunset. But Kelly has pretty much had enough at this point. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I'm getting out of the car. I'm not playing games with you. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And as she's trying to get out, Tara hits her in the head with the gun and knocks her out. 
Yep. Ooh. We then get a quick scene of a soiree with Prince Carl and other college people, I assume. I, don't I guess. Know. Maybe other foreign heads of state. We don't know. We're not sure. And Carl pulls Steve aside and gives him a gift of cufflinks with the royal insignia on them or whatever. And these yeah. cufflinks were mentioned before. Claire was like, oh, I bet he's going to give you some cufflinks. So Steve has kind of been hoping that yeah. this would happen. Yeah. And he's Which, very excited. How does she know that if they haven't seen each other since they were eight? I don't know. She must also, be keeping up with current affairs. Their crest looks very much like the Corvette logo. I thought that was just, <laughs> I really thought that was just the Corvette logo on those cufflinks. But Maybe it was. It's the royal crest of this vaguely yeah. European-American country. So he shows them to Claire. He's very, very excited. He's all in. About Royal cufflinks. Royalty does it for him. He would love that Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix. He would love it. Sure would. All right. Kelly wakes up in the car still, but now her hands are tied. And so she's like, she's got a tube going from the exhaust pipe into the window. Is there something wrapped around the car as well to like keep it insulated? It seemed like she had some sort of insulation she had around like, the car. I think just around the uh, the window where the pipe came in. She used like a towel to okay. stop up all the other airflow, but I think that's it. Okay. It seems like a mistake to put the tube on Kelly's side. It does a little bit. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out, but okay. that was that was my first thought. Yeah. So basically her plan here, when Kelly wakes up, she says, you know, we're going to watch the sunset and then I'm going to turn on the car and then we're just going to fall asleep. Oh. It's going to be great. The big sleep. The big sleep. Yeah. And she's like, I'm doing this for you because, you know, you've been through so much pain with all these people. Yeah. You know, this is for you. It's not yeah. just for me. I wonder how Professor Finley's doing. What do you think he's up to these days? I don't know. Okay. I just watched a, a a documentary about the Nixium cult, so uh, I really have cults on the brain. You right know, now. that explains something because your husband, out of the blue, texted me, "Maybe just don't join cults." And I was like, "That's I mean, what he keep. That's what that's he said advice. the whole time I was watching because I was telling him what was happening, and I was advice. like, "But Eric, it it was not like." I understand. Like it's not oh, presented in any oh, sort no. of culty way. Yeah. And the whole the whole That's how like, they get you. Sex slave part of it was like a secret organization within another organization. So it was like anyway. Yeah. I highly recommend the vow if you're okay. into if you're into true crime and okay. cults. It's crazy. But anyway. <clears throat> uh where were we? <laughs> uh okay, back to court. No. Just kidding. I wrote court, but it's not. Back to Colin's apartment where Val and Colin have arrived back and Valerie is just trying to calm him down. She's like, listen, we're going to appeal. Maybe there's a, a chance that you're not going to go to jail. Colin immediately has turned on Valerie. He's like, I never should have listened to you, which I don't know what he would have done differently without yeah, her. Nothing, I mean, it would have been nothing. worse, I think. But. Right. And she says, you know, you have a week until you have to turn yourself in. Like, shouldn't we make the most of that week? And Colin is just like, I, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can go to jail. I'm not going to make it. I don't think he can either. 
his life has not prepared him for for this. No, that's for sure. Uh-uh. At the peach pit, Steve is showing Nat the cufflinks, and he's like, "Do you understand what it means that he gave these to me? It's such an honor." Carl and Claire drove separately together to the peach pit. I'm not sure why. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But when they arrive, Carl tells her that he would actually, you know, he's had a really good time and he would actually like to stay longer Oh, in Beverly Hills and, Ooh. you know, would Claire like it if he stayed longer? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. But then they have like a little bit of a moment of like mm. looking at each other. Oh, I'm not interested in this. That old feeling. At Joe's dorm, Donna comes to tell him that it went well with whoever they met with for about this music video. And she also tells him that they're going to add back in all the stuff that they cut of Donna. And Joe has flipped on yes. this. Yeah. Which I think this is the difference. Like Ray, I don't know, would have would have flipped no, like this. No, you're right. But, you're right. But Joe says, you know, he's really embarrassed about the way that he acted. And when he thought about it, what was really bugging him about the whole thing was how much time she's been spending with David. And he's been feeling jealous of David. Now we're making some sense. Yes. And he tells Donna that he would never want to own her. And that he wants her to be free. Free. So that's nice. All yes. is forgiven. Yeah. All right, back in the car with Kelly and Tara. The sun has set, the car is on, and it is slowly filling up with gas. Tara says, you know, it's not going to be like we're dying. It's going to be like everyone else is dying, and it's just going to be the two of us. Great. Kelly now is trying to convince her, like, oh, you're right. This is, this is the way to do it. But can you please untie my hands? Like, I don't want to die like this yes i this is such a baller move on kelly's part this is like every time something like this happens and the person's like i'll never go along with you i'm like lie to them lie, lie. to the psychopath you have to lie, lie. be like wow you've really opened my eyes you know what <laughs> everybody else is crazy and you're the sane one let's do it you know <laughs> and nobody ever does that and kelly's finally like yeah man let's go to space together <laughs> i love it i love it yeah, so only play as soon as she's untied, she grabs the gun, she shoots the windshield a couple times, and then she manages to get out of the car and she like fires the rest of the rounds into the air. Which is always stuck in my mind. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, why does she do that? Like, why does she shoot them? It's just so interesting. And I feel like it, it plays like a really good, like she's panicking and she's just like, I want these bullets to go away, mm -hmm. you know? I just think that's a really interesting choice to have her do that rather than just like throw it off the cliff. Like she fires all the bullets first. I don't know yeah. why that's so interesting to me, but it really is. Yeah. I think it's smart. Yeah. It gets rid of, I mean, if she had tried to then hold Tara at gunpoint to get them to a hospital or something, like yeah. I think, I don't know how that would have worked. Take but. the gun out of play. Yeah. You just got to hope there's not campers on the bluffs of this yeah. cliff. <laughs> those bullets do have to come down at some point. <laughs> But yeah. so Tara is crying and she's like, you lied to me and friends don't lie. It's over, though. It's over. It's over. But what happens now? Does Kelly like, all right, let's get back in the car and I'll try. I know. Well, I wonder that because what? the next scene they're in the hospital. Yeah. So I guess she I, I'm guessing they called 911 or How? something. Maybe Kelly has a big car phone. Maybe, Maybe. let's say that. 
maybe. Here's my thing. Okay. I know that Tara had a gun, but she did not have the gun on her the whole time. Like, she wasn't pointing it at Kelly the whole time. If I woke up in that situation, I feel like I would have been trying to hit her, like, with my arms. I would have been trying to hit her in the face. Or, like, the car's not locked. She's able to easily get out of the door. Right, So I don't know why she waits until... The car is on and they're like about to die to do anything. But anyway. All right. So the last scene is in the hospital. Kelly is being discharged and Brandon is there with her. And she says, you know, I want to go see Tara. I need to see her one more time for closure, I guess. Right. Tara is in the psych ward of the hospital. And she's, you know, on suicide watch and. Uh, They're keeping a close eye on her. So Kelly goes to see her and she's looking at her through the door and Tara's parents are sitting there and Tara's mom comes to see Kelly and introduce herself. And she's so thankful that she's like, you know, she would have died if it wasn't for you. Probably true. So very thankful for you. Brandon says that, She's not allowed to visit Tara right now. They'll have to come back some other time. All right. Well, that's the episode. 90210 snap. I, it's got to be that that scene the, in the car. The murder, the murder yeah. suicide. Yeah. 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 I really well, thought we were going to have a Chekhov's cliff situation. Oh. They pulled up to that cliff and I was like, that car's going yeah. over the cliff. Yeah. But it did not. It didn't. It never did. I don't know, Kendra. I'm struggling. I, I uh, Like to try to rate this one is difficult because I am just... So not into any of the storylines that are happening. Mm-mm. Like I no. don't, I don't feel really moved to like, oh, David and Donna are spending a lot of time together, or like, oh, is it trouble for Steve and Claire with Prince Carl? I ah. don't want any of that. I'm not interested in that. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I just there's nothing that I'm like really latched onto at this moment. You yeah. know, I could use yeah. a good Dylan storyline. What's Brenda doing? How's how's her stage <laughs> let's career? Bring, let's bring going? Brenda back. Call her up. <laughs> yeah, I I feel the same way. I mean, I'm glad we're finally done with the Tara storyline. Yes. Um, I'm wondering how they're gonna, like, what the finale is gonna be. How? What are we gonna end it with? Yeah. I mean, I guess they've they're they're keying up some things. I just don't necessarily care about yeah. any of them. So, yeah. meh. Yeah. Be an interesting an interesting wrap on this season once we get there because. It is still it still blows my mind that Dylan and Tony and all the stuff with Ray was this season. Is it really? Yes. Ray was this season? Yes. Oh, and so word. was Dylan. This uh, season. I freaking hate long seasons of things. It's very long. It's very long. All right. All right, Kendra. Well, listen, listen. You can catch me every other week on this Endorian Life. And as I said, we're talking about the Lego Star Wars holiday special, which should be out. So go and find it and listen along with three dumb old friends. What about you, Kendra? What are you doing? I am Miss Musicbox91 on Twitter, and I am the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where we talk 90s music. Mm -hmm. And by the time this comes out, we will most recently have talked about December by Collective Soul. Okay. Then we'll have our Christmas special and our New Year's special. Wow. On fire on fire cool well speaking of christmas specials next week is going to be our christmas special so you can tune in for that gabrielle carteris christmas movie yep that sounds good to me what's it called 
Deck the Halls. And it's all on YouTube. You can just watch the whole thing on YouTube. And then afterwards, we'll be back uh, for 90210 Season 6, Episode 29, Ticket to Ride. She's got a ticket to ride. They definitely can't afford that song. (laughs) 902 and here we go.